Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. Another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and (laughs) a casual and ho ho ho, a casual and informal conversation about Star Trek. Star Trek Discovery is our topic today. Uh, We're gonna have a uh, a discussion about the uh, short, the most recent short treks, The Brightest Star. I already had a discussion right after it aired. Uh, on Text Trex channel, so go check that out. Uh, but I like I to do one. Person. <laughs> You're gonna do a cool video about it, but I like to do one on my channel because it it just uh, is a tr- it's like tradition, right? Like I'm supposed to have a episode for every single it's for posterity. <laughs> that's what you say. Posterity for posterity's sake, ex- exactly. So uh, I'm joined by Sean from Trek on the Tube. Thank you for coming coming aboard once again for this exciting thing. Oh, How are oh, you oh. doing? I'm on anti I'm on antibiotics, so if I seem a little low energy, uh, that's the reason why. That's fine. I went that's and fine. caught a, a bloody Tarkarian oh, flu. <laughs> The talker. I am under. I am under the care of Doctor Crusher. I have Emily. no flu, so I'm fine. <laughs> I, no I will say that the I was I was kind of like the the, um, the excitement for the short trick was undercut by the um, Avengers Endgame trailer that was released. <laughs> it dropped on the same day. I know. I was like, oh my god, Avengers. <laughs> That was a great trailer. I, I'm very excited about it's a great uh, Avengers, I'm, Avengers I, Part Two. It is. It is the well, the one movie to rule them all, isn't it? it I think it will be. It's true. The, <laughs> Cap, Cap says, "Our our guy Cap says, uh, this is it, right? It's got to work because I got nothing else." <laughs> our buddy, our buddy Cap. That's. I think. Yeah. Like, do you think it's gonna work? He's like, yeah. This has to work because this is my only solution or whatever. I don't. Yeah, I got no other plan. Whatever. Like that. Anyway, it's yeah, pretty cool. My boy Chris Evans was crying. How I dare they do that to him? <laughs> All right, so we're here to make him feel better. We're here to talk about the brightest star. Yeah. Uh, should who would you like the honor of doing the uh, the short trek summary? Remember, this we had to try to keep summary. it. Summary. Okay, so short trek summary is like three <laughs> sentences, right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, short tricks episode three. What is it? The brightest star um, tells us uh, like uh, uh, the backstory or the origin story of uh, Saru's integration into Starfleet. Um, so essentially, we see um, a Kelpian um, village. And and its inhabitants, uh, you know, living their daily lives on planet Kaminar. Um, so it's explained that they're very they're very simple people. They're almost dare I say a backward people. They they live very primitively. And um, once I don't know I don't know if it's like defined, but once every now and then they have this big ritualistic sacrifice, in which one of the village elders or like a priest or something 
uh, sends um, some of the villagers off to be, I suppose, harvested by this other alpha race that we've never seen before, uh, that we still haven't seen. And um, Saru kind of questions this existence. He's the only Kelpian that questions this existence and this kind of state of mind that his entire people are in. That that's a little surprising, but yeah, he is. But he, he is. He's like an he's like an exception. And so essentially, one like a piece of technology drops off one of these beaming pods. They have these kind of probes that beam beams everyone away or vaporizes them, whatever, harvests them. And so a piece of technology falls off, and he manages to create a communication system with this and communicate with someone outside of his planet. Um, it so happens that he was communicating with Captain Philippa Giorgio, which turns up, uh, rolls up in a shuttle, tells him that he's exceptional, that he is essentially the brightest star of his species, and she's managed to pull some strings over at Starfleet HQ, and in this very peculiar, very unique situation, they have found that the solution was to uh, remove Saru from his planet. So they give him a choice. It's like, either you stay on this planet and exist with your people, either we take you away from it, we can like show you more. Um, but the, the deal is, you'll never be able to come back. Because there is the Prime Directive. This is a species that is non-aligned with the Federation. They can't really intervene with it. Um, and considering this isn't like a... Um, an official cry for help from his species. I think they, they 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 don't have the authority to come in and police everything. So that's the deal. So then um, Saru leaves with with um, Burnham. Saru leaves with Giorgio and um, and there we go. And and we see his uh, his sister see him leave. And his sister is probably one of the most like he's she's the secondary character of this episode. I think she gets undercut by the the arrival of Giorgio. We kind of forget about her, but. Um, he does have some tender moments with with his sister. I think this is the best done of the short trek so far. I agree. I uh, okay, like- I think Runaway was absolute ass. It was just <laughs> dreadful, so that doesn't count. I think Calypso, uh, Calypso was a nice try, but it, it lacked in. Um, but it was intriguing. I, I remember. I remember us being like uh, talking a lot about the world. Yeah, and okay, like, you know, you know what I'm saying like it was like interesting to think about what the landscape was, right? It yeah. is. It is. But it was it was like in itself it was a bit of an underwhelming project in the sense that you didn't really know why it was there um or what its purpose was. This that has a purpose to explain Saru and better like better understand his race and his species and um I think it was like the best executed. It also doesn't feel cheap because it's not on the USS Discovery. Um, I know that it's a thing in Star Trek to reuse sets, and they've always done this. Every iteration of Star Trek has done it. But to actually go out there and you know build sets and props and and take the time to invest you know money and time into the Star Trek episode makes oh, that, feel like it's, that it's amazing, more amazing. Uh, that amazing CGI shot at the at the very end when he climbs up the mountain and you see mm. his village below mm. was breathtaking i was like oh that's like super cinematic there is one that was terrible though there is oh. one, there, there is one cgi shot that is friggin hideous because it looks like like oh, ps3 you know um <laughs> graphics there but um i love how ps3 is terrible graphics now but anyway um it, no there was one that that like that one shot where they're all all of the kelpians are around the probe or the harvesting machine 
it's like shot from from the beach or from the ocean or something and um everyone cg'd before they disappear oh didn't gotcha break, okay didn't maybe i didn't know i it's very that. quick. It's very quick, <laughs> and then it has the flash and everything. But just before that, it wasn't. But then I don't. It's a short trick, right? Right. So, I but think this the is props, the, the vibe. Props the sets were really amazing. But this is what we're but looking this for. The, this is, I think, the vibe that you're looking for. It it enhances the actual story, and it gives you in depth in a character that you maybe not, maybe doesn't. You know, maybe you don't want to have a whole episode devoted to it justifies the fact that he's the only kelpian that we've ever seen right but it also it like it brings up more questions like by the time we get to the starfleet uh sorry by the time we get to the the old man picard show right which Mm -hmm. is what 200 maybe 200 years later um have have the kelpians is it that long no it's about oh yeah you're right it's like 180 uh, it is it's gonna be 200 This this short tricks, I'm assuming, takes place ten to fifteen years before Discovery, because Saru does go through Starfleet Academy, which is four years. He's been like what seven years on on the USS Shinjo. Mm -hmm. There's at least, at minimum, like eleven years. Plus, he 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 went to like Commander, so that's a lot of ranking. We don't we don't actually know how long Kelpians live or anything. No, we don't. So yeah. Anyway, so this is like 2240s or something, and um, Old Man Picard will be taking place in like the 25th century, so like 2401, was it? I think they said. Anyway, so 200 years later, it would be really interesting to see, like, I would want the Old Man Picard show to be about this now. Like, just finally, the Kelpians have evolved over 200 years, right? And they're sending out this, this, this distress signal, and they're doing like, they're actually asking the Federation for help. Officially, yeah, and so yeah. now they send old man Picard in to um, like help this alien race because now now they're an official warp capable race that are asking for help because they're being enslaved by another warp capable race. And how directive doesn't apply. You can actually come in now. How horrible would it be if uh, if you find out that like uh, the uh, the Baul, the uh, the unseen uh, villain in this episode? Uh, but but how horrible would it be if you find out like the Baul are actually like selling hors d'oeuvres and they don't tell you what's in it? Like it it doesn't That's take help. Do it's just like <laughs> it's like they're like. But like, actually, <laughs> they allied like, themselves with the Terran Empire just to sell them they, food, right? They don't know. They've been sell- like they've been selling Kelpian meat. Everywhere and people think they're eating chicken or something or like pate. They're having a pate. Oh, the but biggest they get scam kind of in the galaxy. <laughs> How horrible would it be if like so the the Baul is the name that the Kelpians have given these these like alpha species? How horrible would it be if you actually found out that the Baul are um like I don't know some other species that we've like that we know about but we've never heard of their home planet. We thought they were nice people. Oh, that would be true. And it, it's like, too. oh shit! Like we thought these guys were good, but they're not. They're horrible people, right? There's some interesting things uh, about uh, the Kelpian home planet Kaminar. We were wondering, would the would the other species be the Kaminarians or the Cam? You know, whatever. Because I don't think so. Yeah, it's an. I think so. But I mean, person, but I mean, it's interesting because we don't say Earthling often in Star Trek. Usually, refer, you refer to people from Earth as being human, right? It's, human. it's strange, human, and they say human all the time. But in fact, we are Earthlings. So maybe Kelpians 
it's kind of the same way you know it's the kind of the same thing where like yeah they they might say we're camp you know caminarians on occasion but mostly kelpian is like saying human <laughs> caminar have you ever heard of camelot the musical camelot God. <laughs> yes. That's all I could think about. Whenever I hear Cam- Caminar, I think of Camelot. So I keep thinking, Caminar. Um, they must be really scary as a race, so these Caminarians, um, right? They must be. Because, okay, think about this. They seem very, like, docile and um, uh, submissive, the, these Kelpians that we see in the short tricks. But. It's established that Saru is ultra strong and really quick. He's really fast, and he's yeah. got like this really good like sensitivity and stuff. And um, and they're just completely submissive, Upsic- uh, like accepting of their situation. How scary are the other guys? Oh, maybe, the Baul, maybe, oh, right? Maybe yeah. maybe they're the Cations from the animated series. I don't remember those, the ang- those angry cat people. Those angry oh. pirate cats. That's okay, they're, they're no, like those tiger right. tiger cats, right? Um. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> that's right. My God, you went deep there. That's crazy. Uh, who knows? Uh, it's it. I think on the text track discussion, uh, Fathery revealed that, um, or he he seemed to glean some knowledge about uh, in season two, I think, or maybe PJ said this. I can't remember. It was late at night, but um, it came up in the discussion that like uh, there's definitely going to be a return to Kelpia Kelpian story of Saru's planet or his uh, his village uh, in season two, and so there was some speculation we did around that. Have you heard any of that? Like, have you heard about that or anything? Like I haven't that? heard of that, but that was my like. Okay, when this episode finished, my first thought was we're going to go back to that because they built, they invested a lot of money in all the sets and <laughs> sets. It's true. It's like they, they couldn't just do all this <laughs> shit for like thirteen sets minutes. For nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, thirteen minutes, and then like half of it is just Jojo uh, speaking to Burnham on a hill, on a cliff, right? But um, all the. In all the internet chatter that I've seen, like, and it's true that Saru's a really, like, a really cherished and favorite character uh, from fans and critics alike. So, like, people who don't even like Discovery are saying, well, but I do like Saru, you know. He's, like, well, he's, he's the Data, of, he's the Seven know. of Nine, he's the Spock. Um, or Odo, you know, the he's kind of like the Odo. We all have one. Yeah. We all have a, we, we all have an Odo. No. <laughs> Every, everyone's got Odo. Mommy, my, my Odo won't make me lunch. What, what, what is the one from Enterprise, Bad though? Bad Odo. I, I, no I bucket for you. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. You're horrible. You're horrible. You become so flaky and shit. God. Um, is, it, is it Flux? In... Um, in Enterprise, is it? Yeah, Flux. He's the the Noblian. He's an alien, <laughs> but but he's not very extra. Is he strong? Do I? I don't remember. It's not if, that he's uh, strong. It's that like these characters that we're talking about are like kind of out of place characters that you know they're the fish out of water situation. Yeah, then but I would say that I would say Flux was definitely that way. T'Pol and T'Pol actually. There's uh, is there no thing? there's no def- like definitive character like that on on Enterprise. I don't think so, right? No, that's actually kind of a. I think that's a kudos to Enterprise that you have like a, you don't have an obvious trope uh, from from previous series, but um, 
but yeah it's interesting i think that like the fish out of water thing though now that i think if i really think about it it is in every iteration of star trek because it's a real phenomenon that it's a story that we like to talk about or tell in our fiction in general i think it's like yeah it is one of those defining things that um, so fans of Star Trek relate to. I know that we always talk about you know the diversity in Star Trek, uh, you know the representation, etc. But like having that one fish out of water character, you'll see so many people um, talk about how you know they identified them like they they felt close to Spock or they felt close to Data. Um, I will say Saru Saru is 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 the most interesting character for me. Uh, at times, especially because he's, they've really done a good job at making a truly alien character. Like, mm. I, I genuinely don't get Saru a lot of the time. Like, it's, it's kind of actually awesome because it stirs these like angry and kind of like deep sort of feelings um, to think about. Ooh, I'm being, uh, I'm being interrupted. I better. You're being hailed. <laughs> Being held. That rarely happens on uh, on Starfleet Boy, but let me check out uh, what's going on here. So, Who's hailing you? I, <laughs> it looks like it's my sister. Oh, okay. Anyways, what I was saying, which I totally. I thought it was like, <laughs> going to be an alien or something, or Captain Georgia. No, I thought uh, the doctor, because he's invited, <laughs> he's always invited, <laughs> would, pop, would pop in and, and be like. Yeah, he wouldn't uh, talk about short tracks. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, the doctor, if, if the doctor liked Discovery or even like could stand it enough to watch it, which he does not, unfortunately, um, he would probably like this episode. Hmm. I think so too. It, um, it, it, it was good. It was nice. Honestly, like the, the storytelling was good. It was, it was short, simple to the point. It doesn't have like major flaws. Um, like some of the other short tricks did, um, it doesn't leave you with these big questions. So the questions that you are left with are like interesting questions that, on the contrary, kind of, this is the questions that you want from Star Trek. You, it, you're trying to build the universe more. I really want to see these aliens that like the that have kind of enslaved them. Yeah, I hope I hope we see the Ba'ul in uh, season two. And we don't really Not know. Season you know, two. Uh, I, don't, I, I think they rushed Saru. Because the whole thing with Data is his, like, the, the whole thing with Data is over the course of seven years plus the four movies, he becomes human, right? Or he become, he's striving to become human. Ultimately, he does the most human thing. Um, and you kind of have that situation with Seven in, in, in Voyager. Um, Odo doesn't try to become human, but he's trying to find himself and make peace with the fact that he's, like, uh, of a species that he, he dis- fundamentally disagrees with. Um, we have these very long stories, and I think Saru, there was this whole deal about how he's like constantly scared and afraid, and he's from a very submissive people. But then in, in the, like the space of 13, 15 episodes in season one, he becomes the most assertive and strong character they have. So much so that he takes command of the friggin' ship when the, like the fleet admiral backs down. And I think as much as it's cool to see him do that, and everyone was hype about the speech, I think it was done too quick. It would have had more impact or it would have been more meaningful to me if they had done it over, you know, the course of multiple seasons. And so I would like to see the similar thing with the planet. I would like to go back to Kaminar. I would like to see him save and free his people, but later on, not in season two. 
I think that's great. I actually don't see anything wrong with like I'm not I mean I am in a hurry to find out more but um I'm not like I think it, it yeah like let discovery be discovery. Though, yeah, let it like evolve and over this time. This could be I one think. arc that they that they deal yeah. with later. Yeah, I, to- I totally nice agree with that. In a sense discovery begins with Georgiou and Saru and then later on, it, it, it continues with Joju and Burnham, and then it's it's this adventure of these two characters, you know, right? And so let it end like this. Let it end with the so ultimate it, death of Burnham. <laughs> you're they, so they terrible. Will, I don't want to They will, they will kill her. They will. They're not going to kill her. They it's are. not going to happen. They're going to kill her. <laughs> you're terrible. No, <laughs> I'm not you're, terrible. No. <laughs> Why? Horrible person. Um, Why? Audience, let us know what you think below uh should, should star trek kill uh burnham at the end of its, its it's not should it's not should it's will they will will, will they? they sorry will i believe they, they will i'm not saying right, they, should. I they shouldn't kill anyone no one i mean i disagree die. i disagree with you sir um uh, <laughs> the admiralty is in fact calling so i think we have to wrap up this already i think we're this short trek discussions can't be long right like they have to be short right so, it was good so I, like, wrap it up. I like this one there you go Oh, do we, do, do we give like a ranking? It. We give a rating. Yeah, we, we've been doing it. So I will go first as per tradition and say that yeah. this for me is a seven, a solid oh, seven. Wow. Okay, I would give it a 6.5. That's great. I think it's the first above five. No, I think <laughs> oh you did get Maybe, I don't know. I can't remember what wow. you gave Paul. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, maybe, maybe I gave it a straight five. I don't know. All right. Well, Sean, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'm gonna see you in just a few more minutes because uh, okay. uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a costume change if I can find my hat and then, and then come back. See <laughs> you in a minute. No, I, g- I gave it a four, Calypso. So two four, and this is uh, six six point five. So it is the best. Yes. All right, it is the best. Live long and All prosper. Right. You're simply the best.